Well, our sermon text for today, as I mentioned in the children's message, is another psalm, uh, which I know is very strange because I preach them so uh, rarely to have two within a month. But we're going to be in Psalm 146 this morning. If you're able, I'd ask you again to please rise for the hearing of God's holy word, and we'll read from Psalm 146 in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widows and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord God, your word is truth. We pray that you would sanctify us by that truth. Lord, as we look at this psalm, I pray that you would show us our sin, all those places where you've failed and fallen short of your glory. Bring us to repentance and point us to Christ and his finished work for us. Lord, by your word, strengthen our faith in you and ready us for your service, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it was the year 2014 when I first heard of a website called Kickstarter. If you've never heard of Kickstarter before, it's a crowdfunding website, which means that someone will come up with a project of something they want to do. It could be a new piece of technology they would like to create, or a new board game that they'd like to make, or a piece of art, or, a, or an album. It could be musicians. There are all kinds of things that uh, people come up with that they'd like to kickstart. They usually, after they get their idea, they make a page on Kickstarter, usually with a really cool video explaining their product and what they want to do and how they're going to accomplish the making of it. Then they begin taking pledges. You can pledge money toward the project to see that it happens, and they give rewards based on how much you donate to the project. Maybe if it's a new board game and you donate X number of dollars, you'll get the first copies of the board game. But if you spend an extra $20, like I did on one called Adventures in the Bible, uh, you get your name written in the front of the book when it gets published. And then you can keep that on your shelf forever, because I'm a nerd. But the product that first introduced me to Kickstarter back in 2014 was a little something called the Coolest Cooler. I don't know if you've heard about it. I can see from Ben's face, he's totally familiar with the Coolest Cooler. If you've heard about that, that cooler, you probably have an idea where my story is going. But when I first saw the Coolest Cooler and saw the video about it, I thought, well, I thought it was pretty much the coolest cooler I'd ever seen before, and I needed one. The video about the coolest said it was a high-quality cooler made from high-quality parts. But what set it apart from every other cooler was the extra features that it had. Inside the lid of the cooler was an 18-volt rechargeable battery, and that would run a blender, which locked into the top of the cooler. 
On the back of the cooler, there was a a high-speed USB port for charging your wireless devices that ran off that battery as well. And it was full of LED waterproof lights. So if you were at a party or a bonfire and it was after dark, you opened the cooler and you knew exactly what you were grabbing without freezing your hands. When you opened the lids of the coolest cooler, you found reusable plates. There was a ceramic knife that would never rust. And the back of the plates were designed to be used as cutting boards. They had all of these features. The cooler had a divider that you could put in it So you could fill half of the cooler with ice and the other half of the cooler with your stuff. It would stay cold, but no soggy sandwiches. You weren't going to get a bunch of cooler water in your cheese. It had specially designed tires that were extra wide so you could take it through the sand and it wouldn't bog down. It had a built-in tie-down strap so you could load all your chairs and gear onto it and only had to take one thing with you. And I know this doesn't sound exciting today, but in 2014, it was pretty cool. There was a a removable Bluetooth speaker, so you always had music with you wherever you went. And right in the front of the cooler was your bottle opener to open anything you needed. Not only that, the coolest cooler came in three very cool colors, margarita green, blue moon, and coolest orange. The coolest claimed that if you were to go out and buy all the stuff to make your own coolest cooler, you'd end up spending over $500. And so the pledge of $180 plus shipping they asked for seemed like a steal of a deal. I wanted to back this project. I really wanted the coolest cooler, but in 2014, $180 was far more than I had to spend on a cooler. In the promotional video, the investor said everything was ready to go, or the inventor said everything was ready to go. They had a world-class sourcing company lined up to make sure everything went smooth. All the designs were finalized, and all they needed was the capital to get the product finished. So on August 29th of 2014, the funding period for the coolest cooler ended. And all told, there were over 62,000 people that had backed Coolest Cooler, and they pledged a total of $13.2 million. At the time, this was the most successful Kickstarter that had ever happened. Now, in 2017, mind you, this is three years after the Kickstarter closed, and over two years after all of the product was supposed to have shipped, 41,880 of the people who had backed the cooler had received what they ordered. Uh, But none of them had received their cooler on time when it had been promised to be delivered. There were still over 20,000 people three years later who had not received a single thing at all. And in the state of Oregon, there was a lawsuit and finally a settlement where the coolest company agreed to pay back $20 to each person that hadn't received a cooler, or about 10% of their initial investment. But as of 2018, 13,530 of them had never even seen a penny. So I guess in hindsight, I'm pretty happy I didn't have that $180 just laying around to waste on a cooler because it probably wouldn't have turned out great for me. Today, the coolest cooler is probably the most famous crowdfunding failure in history. And the coolest cooler illustrates pretty well the fact that the, at the point that the psalmist makes, that people fail. 
They fall short, and they don't live up to our expectations. Psalm 146 is a call to praise the Lord. It's part of what amounts to the doxology of the Psalms, those final five Psalms in the Psalter where we are called to praise the Lord for various reasons, each one of them beginning with hallelujah, or your English translation might have praise the Lord. The first reason that the psalmist gives us in 146 that we should praise the Lord comes in the form of a negative statement in verse 3, where the psalmist says, put not your trust in princes and a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth, and on that day his plans perish. The the psalmist starts to call us to praise the Lord by letting us know the same thing that the coolest cooler illustrated for us, that human beings fail. They fall short. They let us down. Even the very best, most trustworthy and honest, upright individual one day will fail, and that's because... Human beings are all mortal. One day we will die, and when we do, all of our plans come to an end. And so it makes no sense to place our full trust in mankind because human beings eventually fail us. Now, that doesn't mean we can't trust anyone for anything anymore. I'm not telling you to go home and start doubting everything your spouse has to say or something like that. But it is a reminder that all human beings are fallible and we fail and fall short. While we can and should trust other people, we also need to keep human frailty in mind. That being said, we should also only trust people for the things that they are capable of doing. The psalmist said, trust not in princes and a son of man in whom there is no salvation. You see, mankind has never been able to save any of us. Not a single person, not any famous actor out there can save you. No professional athlete can. I think our world really needs to hear that politicians can't either. Neither can TV preachers, and not even your pastor can save you. We should place our trust, then, in the one that can save us, in the God who put on flesh, who lived the perfect and sinless life that we could not, and then suffered and died bearing our sins so that we might be redeemed. You see, that's the God that the psalmist is calling us to praise in Psalm 146, the God in whom our salvation rests. The psalmist goes on to give us three more positive reasons as to why we should praise the Lord in the words that follow. And the next reason that he gives is that God is the creator. The psalmist said, blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, who made heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. You see, God is worthy of our praise simply because he is the one that created all things. The world and everything in it belongs to God because he is the one who created it. And because of that, he deserves our praise. When we see the wonder and majesty and beauty of this world, it should direct our minds to the God that created it and graciously gave it to us to rule over and enjoy. But remembering that God is the creator of all things should also bring our minds back to our confirmation days and the first article of the Apostles' Creed, in which we confess that we believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. 
In Luther's explanation, he reminds us that God didn't just create everything and then turn his back on the world. God didn't just give up on his creation after they fell into sin. But instead, God continues to provide for his sinful yet fallen and beloved creation. Luther says that when we confess that we believe in God as the creator, we should also have in mind God's sustaining and providing for human beings. In the small catechism, it says, God also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all that I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. These are all the things that we should remember when we think about God as creator. That any good thing we have is a gift from God's hand, and he surely deserves our praise and our thanks for it. The second reason that the psalmist gives for us to praise God is that God is the one who brings justice. The psalmist says, that God keeps faith forever. He executes justice for the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. He sets the prisoner free. He opens the eyes of the blind. He lifts up those who are bowed down, that he loves the righteous, that he watches over the sojourner, and he upholds the widow and the fatherless while bringing the wicked to ruin. The things that are wrong in this world, the Lord makes right. He brings food for the hungry, freedom for the prisoner, sight for the blind. He mends the broken. He lifts up those who are bowed down. He is a God who brings justice and sets right what sin has made wrong. These are wonderful gospel promises, aren't they? But are they true? The psalmist wrote this well over 2,000 years ago, and I don't know about you, but when I look around in this world, I see injustice. I see oppression. I see people going without the food that they need, people who have been wrongly imprisoned. I see people suffering still from blindness and many other forms of sickness and disability. I see people bowed down, worn out, and exhausted, I hear stories of the traveler being extorted and the widow and the fatherless falling through the cracks, being ignored and lonely. And I don't see the wicked being brought to ruin. Instead, I see the wicked prospering. So, it's, so is what the psalmist wrote then true? Well, of course it is. But the promise the psalmist gives, what he calls us to praise God for is not a utopian society for today like we might imagine. It isn't the promise that all is going to go well for us and that we'll have everything we want in this life. It isn't even the promise that we will see perfect justice on this side of glory. No, this world is broken by sin. Every part of it is, is corrupted, and so there will be injustice, there will be suffering, and there will be pain. But what the psalmist has in mind here is the promise of the Messiah, of the one who would make all things right. And as Pastor Ben read in our gospel text today, we see Jesus starting to fulfill that as he gives back hearing and speech to the man who was born deaf and mute. You see, Christ would lay down his life on the cross and win the victory over sin, death, and the devil. Perfect justice would be executed. 
as he did so. Because God poured out his wrath on sin and on wickedness and on injustice. But he poured it out on Christ instead of us so that we wouldn't have to face it. You see, by grace and through faith, our sins are forgiven. They are removed as far from us as the east is from the west. We have been washed even whiter than snow. And what's more, because of Christ, we have the promise of eternity in the new heavens and the new earth where sin and its consequences are done away with forever, where there will be no more hunger or injustice or oppression or or any of the other things that the psalmist mentioned. But instead, it will be paradise with our God and King as things were always intended to be. The third reason and final reason that the psalmist gives us to praise God is that the Lord will reign forever that his rule will extend for all generations. And this is incredibly good news for us because it also means the promises of God will remain forever. You see, the sacrifice of Christ, it, it is perfectly satisfying to God, but God reigning forever means that it will remain perfectly satisfying. Your sins have been paid in in complete and total. It is completely paid off and it will remain completely paid off. One day there's not going to be some new divine power that decides that Christ wasn't enough. So when Christ said it was finished, it remains finished forevermore because God's reign endures forever. You see, God is to be praised yesterday, today, and forever because he has created us and all that exists. The world and the fullness thereof is his. And he continues to provide for all people, causing the rain to fall even upon the wicked and just alike. He's worthy of our praise because even when sin entered the world through our first parents and corrupted everything, he didn't turn his back on creation. But instead, he made a promise, and then in the fullness of time, he provided a Savior that would conquer sin, death, and the devil, and who would set all things right, bringing the people of God to their promised eternity in the new heavens and the new earth, in God's presence forevermore. And God is worthy of our praise because his reign is eternal, and that means his promises, his love, His grace, his mercy, and salvation remain forevermore. So rest in the eternal love, grace, and mercy of God. Trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, which is enough for you. And go from here, living your life and praising the Lord in light of the mercies that you have received in and through Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today and we thank you for this psalm this call to praise you as creator and sustainer, as the God that brings justice and the God that rules forever. Lord, we are, we are fallible human beings who fail and fall short of your glory in thought, word, and deed, by the evil we do and by the good we fail to do. Forgive us, but point us to Christ. May we rest in him and rejoice in your promises forevermore. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.